You're listening to your superpowered mind on the Superpower Up podcast, the show that investigates the innate power within your brain to create lasting change. Hello, everyone. Welcome to your superpowered mind. I am your host, Kristen Maxwell. And in this show, we explore the process of transformation and give you tools and strategies that you can use to transform your own life. Today, I am really excited about my interviewee, Natan Verkovsky. And Natan is the founder of the Essential Academy. He is a medical hypnotherapist and a mental training specialist for elite athletes and business executives. And I love these titles because I wanna know exactly what that means. And I'm really excited to be talking to him today because he helps people to stop wasting emotional energy. And who could not use that? So welcome, Natan, to your superpowered mind. <laughs> Thank you so much for that incredible, incredible introduction, Chris. And I'm going to keep that and bring that with me whenever I go. <laughs> I loved it. Thank you. Good. Well, you're welcome. And I am really, truly the best thing about doing this podcast is I get to talk to people about processes and transformation, which I love, and I get to learn straight from you and ask you all the questions that I want to know. So I'm here for you and your audience. Great. So my first question is always, what superpower did you uncover as the result of mastering your mind? Hmm. I loved it because I'd seen a couple episodes and everyone has such a unique answer to it. To me, when I first heard it, I had a knee-jerk reaction, and I tend to go with that intuitive feel. For me, it was the ability to expand in love and not contract in fear anymore. Wow. That is a great power. <laughs> Thank you. It helps in times of indecision. It helps in times of being paralyzed by either paralysis analysis and you're too mental or paralysis by fear and you're too scared of what needs to be done, it gives you the strength to become almost fearless in that way. Yes. And how did you, first of all, discover that that's what you were doing? Was that you were contracting in fear and stop that? What? That's a, that's a big shift. If we could all come from to the world in a place of love rather than fear, look how different. We I would. agree. It would be fundamentally different the way that we foresee things. I look at it that I've always been blessed to be a glass half full, you know, happy go lucky kind of person that I always try to find the positive in things. It to me was something that I was just naturally that way. And I thought everybody was that way. And my wife, I love for 28 plus years now, she isn't that way. Her initial knee jerk reaction is to be concerned and to make sure that ah, this could happen. This could happen to really watch out for worst case scenarios, unlikely as they may be, is not a relevant point to her. To me, the possibility of what could be far outweighs the possibility of, uh-oh. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's where I tend to come from. That's amazing. And I'm laughing because my husband is so you. He's happy. <laughs> and one of my daughters is like that too. Just so happy. And I, my, I mean, I got into all of this because I've always been anxious always, always, always looking out for what could go wrong. And um, so it's very interesting that 
that that's where you are. Okay, with this is very, very quickly, but we are going to cut to a break um, before we go further into this process of stop, how to stop wasting emotional energy. Where can people find more about you and your work? Hmm. I'm blessed enough to be, as of last uh, week or so, we became one year anniversary in June of 2021. I'm the founder, director, head instructor, and best-selling author over at the Essential Academy. And it's essentialacademy.org. We're not a .com. So we really, really cater to that mentality. Great. Thank you so much. Hang on, everybody. We are going to go more deeply into how to stop wasting emotional energy. And I can't tell you, I am super excited to learn more about this. Hang on. Hello, I'm Tonya Don Reckla, Executive Director of Superpower Experts and creator of the Superpower Network. Welcome and thank you for making us your go-to place for inspired content, training, and community. The network is so much more than a place for amazing content. It's step one on the path to unlock your superpowers. Listen to one episode daily on the Superpower Network and attune yourself to inspired conversations, higher vibrational living, and much, much more. In step two, you learn with us by watching one of our inspirational videos each week from the IM series. And when you're ready, come grow in community. Our superpower programs offer a unique experience for those ready to harness their superpowers to change themselves, their lives, and ultimately, the world. Go to superpowerexperts.com and take the next step on your path today. Welcome back, everyone. This is your superpowered mind, and I'm talking to Nathan Verkovsky. And he's just told us he's he's learned how to come from a place of love rather than constrict constricting in fear. And so I wanna I wanna follow that line and and stop. You know, he talks about stopping wasting emotional energy. How, what do you mean by wasting emotional energy in the first place? Okay. When we're looking at things that, you know how that expression is time equals money? Yes. Well, you can't get more time, but maybe you can get more energy. And so people get confused by that and go, okay, but time does equal money. No, it doesn't. I give you an extra six hours, Kristen, but I give you no extra energy. (laughs) What are you going to get done? What are you going to produce? So time does not equal money. If I give you more energy, and I give you a less bit of time, you're going to be more productive. If I give you more energy and I give you more time, my goodness, you're going to be more productive. So the money is a consequence of it. It all starts and stops with energy. The fastest way when people ask, okay, I can't get more time, but I can get more energy. How? Well, number one, stop wasting it. (laughs) And the biggest drain on all possible energy is emotional. Because emotional will rob your physical. It'll rob your, your mental so quickly and so much more powerfully than the other way around. You could be mentally wasting some energy. It's not going to have a very strong physical drain on you. You could be physically, you know, wasting a lot of energy. Okay, maybe it'll mentally draw on you, but it won't really pull too much emotionally and empty that cup. But when you start on emotional energy and you've got something inside that is pulling on all, (laughs) all cylinders are firing and it is explosive how much energy you could be wasting. So people who usually come from a place where, you know, let's use a a legal example. As a lawyer, you used to, I do this much activity. I get paid this much per hour. This makes work great. So then imagine on any given day how many hours you quote unquote waste. And the financial impact of that is something that 
if you wanted to, you could calculate clearly and open a, a school in the sedan with your name on it, or you could buy some fancy watch or car or whatever the heck else you wanted to do. But it's that potential that time is not money unless you calculate energy into the equation. Wow. Okay. And what does it look like when people are wasting them? How does, how do people waste emotional energy? Is it through worry? Is it through, like, what do you find your clients? Mm, There's gross wastes and then there's more fine wastes. The gross wastes are obvious ones. You start getting way too emotional, uh, way too, way too amped up either excitedly or nervously, or it, it really doesn't matter if it's in a positive way or negative way. You get too amped up. It implies that it's too amped up for what the situation needs. So the ultimate goal is for you to be an expert in you, to be an expert in the situation, to go, hey, step one, analyze what does the situation require as an optimal energy output. I'm a, a speaker. I'm walking across stage. I'm about to give a, a one-hour speak. And at the end of my talk, I got a 15-minute question and answer. What energy should I be at as I walk across the stage? Well, most professional speakers that I work with tell me, oh, you should be at around a two out of 10, man. You're just walking. It's no big deal. You know, shouldn't be wasting much energy. I'm like, I agree. But let me ask you, what are you at? And I go, yikes. Usually I got the nervous butterflies going. So I'm at around a six, seven out of 10. I'm like, aha, that's too high. You're wasting energy at that point. What happens when you start speaking? When I start speaking, I realized that I'm way too high compared to where I'm supposed to be, and I overcompensate. And now instead of speaking at a calm, collect six or seven out of 10 energetically, I drop down to a four, and now I have a dead talk, and the people are falling asleep for the whole thing. And only near the end of my talk do I realize that's what I'm doing, and I'll go, oh, my God. I go, and then, well, for question and answer, I should be at a, a four or five out of 10, just calmly, relaxedly answering questions. Instead, I overcompensate and go the other way. And now I'm at a nine and I'm just bulldozing over people. They don't even think I'm listening to them. And it all goes horrible. And you've got 20 years experience doing this. Yes. And people love your talks. Yes. But you're still wasting a hell of a lot of emotional energy. Oh, gosh. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, you know, from your bio, it looks like you work, you know, you work with elite athletes and business executives. When they come to you, what are they saying? Like, what are their complaints? Are they hmm. just out of curiosity? Because I'm sure most people don't know that they're wasting emotional energy. They, this is not what they know, but they know what. <laughs> can, I, can I share something on, I don't know why. It's an observation. Drop on it what you will. I won't yeah. speculate. But I do notice that out of the couple hundred people that have joined us as world-renowned um, instructors and, and have the most incredible education experience and expertise um, to be an instructor at my essential Academy, 70% are women, 90 plus percent of all my private energy coaching clients. And it's a high ticket item are women. And there's less um, I found historically there's less defense. There's less reason and justification. There's less, of this initial let's, you know, validate and verify up front before we can just dive into it and see if it works. If it doesn't, we can always stop. But there's so much more pre-qualification, it seems to me, when I'm working with men. One of the big ones is, oh, I got lots of energy, man. I'm good. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, let me ask you a question because let's take the word energy and just replace it with money. 
I just talked about how energy equals money, not time. So, Kristen, I understand that you have lots of money. Would you like some more? What kind of sane person would say no, right? I don't care how much money you have. So in that exact same sentence, when I reframe it for them and say, I understand that you have lots of energy. Good for you. Would you like some more? More importantly, what would you do with it if I gave you an extra hour or two a day? Would you give it to yourself, to family, to friends, to a charity? What would you do? Right. Yeah, that's funny. I, I, that just that rechanging of the word. It's like, well, no, of course I want more. I want that. Funny, eh? When it's an ego-driven conversation and people are like defensive and thinking, no, 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 I have lots of energy. I don't need any more. Like, really? You've been telling me your secret. <laughs> I've been doing this for two dozen years and I've had thousands of people go through my hands. Tell me your secret if you're good. Because that's some guru stuff right there. The rest of us are just human, right? Like we're most of the people, like you mentioned, elite athletes, uh, executives, entrepreneurs, people that are just at the, the pinnacle of them, their game. Um, they're at nine out of 10 in their life. And they come to places like the Essential Academy to learn. They come to people like me as an energy coach to work with them to try to get them up a little bit higher. I personally believe when you hit 10 out of 10, that's when the good Lord takes you back. So we want to get close to 10 out of 10, but not too close, right? right? We want to be able to grow and really spiritually acknowledge that it's up until you hit 9.0 that you're just working on fundamentals, basics. It's from here on in that every little fraction of a point is so exponentially incredible. Yeah. And, and so it sounds, I mean, you're working with people who... There, you know, as you know, there are different types of people in the world, and some are very much just getting by for whatever reason, you know, right. or something in their background. And then there are other people who are, I am going to be the very best I can be. I'm going to optimize everything. And so I'm, this is kind of a weird question, but when people come to you, is it, is it coming from a place of um, a negative place of I'm not right? Or is it often more like, I want to get better? Like, I really want to expand and get better. I'm, I'm, that's kind of a weird question. It, no, it's not. It really, really depends on where they are. You know, and that has nothing to do with whether they're boys or girls or anything silly like that. It really, really comes from how far along on their journey are they? Because I'll put it to you this way. As a person who's been in martial arts for over 30 years, and just a, a lifelong student with my whole family involved in everything. I, I had um, one of my senseis say that, Nathan, I can't wait till you become you know, a first degree black belt because then I can show you the really cool stuff. Up until then, I'm nervous that you know, throw up a kick, you might fall and land on your head. So how can I tell you the cool stuff and show you all this amazing, amazing stuff on the back end if I know that you're not comfortable with the foundation and the basics? So... People who teach at the academy, some of them are 8th, ninth, 10th degree, great grandmaster black belts. And some of them are in the middle and 4th, 5th, 6th degree, and some of them are just starting. But nobody's there who isn't at least a 1st degree black belt. And I remind them and acknowledge that they are in that rarefied air. Right. That's the way that I work with most people as well. When they, when they start to understand that, you know, there's a big difference between when you come from the rah-rah hype of the 80s and 90s and the self-help gurus and, you know, coming from those things that are a little more fad 
resistant and stuff. So you hear things like, you know, affirmations and things like that. And I'm like, and, and I'm fine with them, but affirmations are wonderful words that make you, you know, I feel thin and pretty and small dogs and children love me. And it's just this general, wonderful, cute, fuzzy thing. Rarely does it have any actual power. So I use instead things like um, invocations, words spoken to invoke power. I can tell I'm in direct alignment with source and I'm in hundred uh, percent completely standing in my truth. When I look, as I'm talking, I see the hairs on my arm stand up just as a simple litmus test. Yeah. So you wake up and you start saying things like every day and every way I'm getting better and better. I'm stronger. I'm healthier. I'm wiser. I'm more powerful than ever. Every day I grow more kind, loving, and successful. I love how energized I feel. I radiate gratitude, grace, and joy from every fiber of my soul. Every day in every way, I love, live, and help others to succeed. And it's a prescription. Read out loud as now with conviction and look at the arm hair. Look and see if that resonates with you. See if that speaks to your inner truth. That's a prescription for ways to get energized in the moment. Yeah, and it's interesting because um, that, that you, you speak about the power of the words that you're using. And so needing to find the words that resonate for you, what is it that you're, you're seeking for? Kind of what you, are you yearning for? So speaking to that. And then what I also, what I find is that it's got to be something that you can believe in that moment. Because if it's like you say something like, I am the best, you know, salesperson in the world, and you don't believe it. Right. Your your subconscious says, no. No way, no Jose. Way. And I'm not accepting this. Nope. Yeah. And I, I, and yep, then I yep. find it almost throws up more blocks. Because it does. it's like, No. You're not, you're not, and you know you're not. So it's finding what I love. You've is what got to saying. word it properly. You really do. Because spelling comes from spells and words are powerful. And so you keep track of what you're doing. And that's why even in the way that I just phrased the invocation that I used, there's nothing in it that says, I am this. It always promotes more in a sense that like you can take a teaspoon and go to the ocean. You let me know how that goes. And <laughs> you tell me how long that takes to empty. So it's, I am getting better and better. I am stronger, healthier, wiser, more powerful than ever. That's yes. the difference with people who understand. Like when I work with people with a chronic illness, it's very easy for them to get it. They understand that there's no such thing as a light switch from good or bad. Because you wake up with chronic pain every day and you know that that's the way it's going to be for life. It would be mean of me to keep asking, hey, how is it today? Is it good? No, Natan. Not only is it not good, it'll never be good. So stop asking. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, rephrase slightly. Can I ask, is it better today? Oh, goodness, tons better. Yesterday was a bad day. Today, wow, what a blessing. So, framing instead of good and bad, it's just not applicable to use those two templates in all situations. Sometimes you don't need an on off switch, sometimes you need a dimmer and go between better or worse as yeah. a way to gauge where you are and how it's going. Yes, I love how you're the sort of it's almost like wordplay, except the power of wordplay. And because <laughs> I noticed one of the in one of your writings, you had talked about how you don't talk about whether something's wrong or right. You talk about whether it's ineffective or effective or inefficient. 
How wonderful. You did start reading. Yes, effectiveness is the measure of truth. And I find that there's so many examples that there are in life that if you're looking at yourself, the simple one would be a, you know, those famous Hollywood actors and actresses that you know, are waiting on tables. And you ask them while they're waiting on table, what do you do? Not one of them is going to tell you I'm a waitress. They're all going to tell you I'm a director, a writer, a producer, a screen, because that's their reality. And when the outside world matches their inside reality, that's when you have congruency and alignment. Before then, they have to pick a choice because only one thing that your brain's going to accept is true. As you yourself said, you can't say, I lost 30 pounds today and look in the mirror and go, that's not true. But yet it is just, just keep saying it, just keep saying it. that that won't work. You can't say I'm a paid actor when you're not, but you can project and you can, there's a very big difference of, between fake it till you make it compared to act as if. And that's why I prefer act as if much, much more. It's much more congruent with how people feel. And so if you're coming into that truth, you have to pick and choose what's effective for you. You only get to wear one truth hat at a time. Is the most effective use of you believing in something, your personal inner truth, your own quiet dynamic, is it more effectively served? And does it serve you better by believing this or believing that? And you ultimately have to pick and choose which it is that serves you best. Yeah. And so, which leads me to the question, because I'm sure people are saying, well, your beliefs are your beliefs. You know, I don't get to pick my beliefs. What's your response to that? I think there may be some fundamental things like all of us abhor violence by nature and there's, you know, human knee-jerk reactions. And absolutely, there's those type of things that we don't pick and choose. But we learn a lot of our beliefs from hatred and racism and violence to we learn how to interact and sex roles and preconditions and ways that society tells us that we have to play and interact and <laughs> we make money and, and how we make our mark in the world. So we have so many of these hard and fast rules that, yeah, I agree with them. Can't mess with any of those things. But that's just <laughs> the outer framework. It's the entire inner construct, that entire latticework of you that is interwoven into a tapestry that no one can manipulate or change except those that you give the power to do so. Yeah. And I guess my question would be, how do you go? I'm going to, this is a huge question. How do you go about doing that? How do you start looking at that tapestry of who you are? And you start openly and honestly, you start keeping it, um, one of the things that uh, I'll love to give to you and to your audience, it's, it's a workbook and it takes care of both the analytical side of the mind, the, the quantitative side and the creative side, the qualitative side. So it gives the chance to serve both types of people because we all have a little bit of both inside just to which side on the dimmer do you draw more on? And so you wake up and for the next 30 days you go, okay, I've got a success journal. There's a big old blank that says pros, another big blank square that says cons and another one that's uh, not pros and cons, excuse me, highs, lows, and then a third one that says highlights. And that's for you to just qualitatively, whatever tickles your fancy, whatever you want to write, your good, your bad, your message and learnings in the day, that's where you fill it out. But at the same time, you also have a separate daily track sheet. And the daily track sheet is not the same as your success journal. Here you're quantitative. You are making sure that the people who are analytical say, this better work, but how do I know it's working? I don't want to wait 30 days for this 
transformation that take care. How do I know along the way from the second I start that it is measurable, trackable results that are right there? Okay, well, you measure your energy, minus 10, zero to plus 10, click on a scale. You'll measure it five, six times a day, every day for the next 30 days. When you wake up, when you go to work or start your day, when you lunch, when you finish and have dinner and right before that. And what you'll find is on day 17, you'll take a look on Tuesdays at lunchtime and notice that predominantly you seem to be at about a six out of 10 energetically over the last 17 days, as an example. Then you look on Wednesdays and go, what the heck? I'm at a two for like six Wednesdays. How is that possible? What am I eating or not eating? What am I doing or not doing? What's going on? And so you can micro dive in and who doesn't want to know more about themselves and really, really get into the minutia and get so granular as to when does something take place? And you can absolutely capture that moment. And then from there, you can draw deeper into it. So things like personal mastery questions where you analyze so much of where you came from from the condition that you had, the way that you were raised, to the education, and then to the life and experiences that you had that are uniquely yours that help shape that tapestry and weave that web that is you. Yeah. So, and it, it looks, you your approach really goes at, at the process uh, of pulling things apart from a whole number of levels then, you know, with the energetically, so the physically, right. emotionally, the mentally, what am I thinking? What am I feeling? How right. am I showing up physically? Yeah. And, and what do you find comes up? Because it, that we all, we have this subconscious and we get right. our, the, the way we respond to the world is often overridden by our subconscious programming. And how right. do you help, help people start to notice what's going on, where they're maybe sabotaging themselves and stopping that. I like to try to make it as easy as I can for them, especially in the beginning, because it is ah, daunting and it is something that makes people nervous. And it is something that, you know, is, is rife with a lot of stress and there's no need to make this process any more stressful. You know, anytime you go through therapy, it's going to be emotional enough. There's no need to add to it. So to take a look, and to have them go, let's figure out what's the quickest, easiest thing for you to notice. Is it going to be a mental process? A nagging thought that keeps recurring over and over again. Or a knee-jerk reaction to stimuli that is just, hey, that's just the way I am. Is it going to be physical? You get a physical gut reaction when certain situations transpire. And it just drives you nuts. You have to run to the bathroom. You feel nauseous. Whatever it is. Is it more than emotional? If I was to pull on the... The threads of that sweater, those would be the quickest and easiest to unravel. Which is the one that I mentioned three, four key words, and all of a sudden you just start crying. So what's going to be the low-hanging fruit for us to work with that is something quick and easy for you to identify? Because once we identify it neutrally, calmly and collectively, and we step back and we're not looking at it subjectively like, oh, man, I can't believe you do that, or you're one of these, or you're something blank, and we put a label or title, ruins the whole thing. If instead we can keep it objective, if instead we can keep a 60,000 foot overview and go, hey, you ever notice this happens? Yes, I notice that happens a lot. Okay, do you ever notice how you feel when that happens? Yeah, it sucks, waste my energy. I feel like I need a nap afterwards. I usually feel like an adrenaline surge came through me. I hate it, I feel shaky and like too much coffee. I don't like it. Okay, 
So let's identify where that comes from. What starts that train out the tunnel? What's the initial impulse? Is it triggered by emotional, mental, physical, spiritual, sexual, financial? What is it? And what triggers it is obviously connected to an anchor. And that's where we get to dive deep and try to find out the roots and causes and help people get through that. But it starts with them being able to just take a look and open up and be open to the process of self-discovery. Yeah, it's fun. It's, it sounds like you've got really some very concrete items or actions that people can take to start this process of self-discovery and, uh, you know, and working on themselves, you know, and changing. So that's Thank really you, fun. Thank you. Yeah, I believe that you can't just leave it fuzzy. And a lot of this came from very, very concrete factual background. Well, as an elite athlete myself and, and you know, ranked state, uh, all state by the time I was 16, my father, who was um, a head coach, director of performance at Cirque du Soleil for about 28 years or so, um, he put in a position and I was there working with elite athletes where they were looking at levels of concentration and focus and being able to manipulate their emotional energy levels, transform them personally and professionally. And it's the same fears and phobias that we all have. They're all anxious. They're all stressed. They're all insecure. They're all concerned about, you know, perfectionism. You mentioned words like happiness. Nobody smiles. They laugh. Like, happiness. I don't know what that is. You got three Olympic gold medals around your neck. What do you mean? You don't know what that is. <laughs> Too busy. Can't enjoy it. So they're, they need to reframe to be able to, to see it and understand it and, and work that way. And the key of the 23 mental, physical, and emotional drills that I use for the last couple decades came from elite athletes that are Olympic gold medal winners. And the specific drills that they did from their country all over the world in order to go up, down, control, to neutralize, and to be able to manipulate their levels of energy at will. So as a simple example, Team Russia, Team Japan, and France all go out drinking the night before. They don't stop. It's 8 o'clock in the morning. They're competing in half an hour. And guess what? Everybody's just still hungover. And now they're at a 2 out of 10 energetically. They need to get to an 8 real quick. It's not going to be a pet talk. It's not going to be a, a motivational anything. So what is it going to be? Oh, it's going to be this drill in 10. We do this mental, physical, or emotional drill. And it absolutely does that. So step one is identifying what is the level of energy that is the minimum level of energy needed in order to accomplish what you're looking for in that situation. In billiards, that is called pocket speed. It's the shortest way to explain what I just said. Minimum amount of boom that you have to hit the ball for it to go in the pocket. Any more than that is extra. Any less than that, it won't make it. What is the minimum ball pocket speed? That's what we first and foremost find out for every situation. Then you do a pulse check, literally and figuratively, and find out where the heck are you. If the situation calls for you to be at a 6 out of 10, and you're at a 2 out of 10, well, reach into the bag, grab yourself an exercise that'll bring you up. Mm. If not, don't grab an exercise that goes down. That doesn't make sense. You know, you don't have a parachute. Uh, don't jump, genius. So <laughs> in this case, it's very important that you identify what the situation needs. Step one. Step two, you identify where you are currently. And then step three, it's really easy to pick and choose what are the exercises that resonate and have the biggest impact on you and then utilize them. They're small, they're short, they're within a couple seconds to a couple minutes maximum if you put a few of them together. That's amazing. Yeah. What, what 
what physically, mentally, emotionally hypes you, not hypes, that's probably a one, but energizes you versus calms you and which one works for you and and use them consciously yes. and purposefully. So unfortunately, we do need to, to wrap up. Where can people learn more about your process and your academy and your book and all of that? Oh, I'm sure you'll be sharing some links with everybody and such. You can always find me over on Facebook, my first and last name, Natan Verhofsky. Same on LinkedIn. And of course, if you go to www.essentialacademy.org, you can see myself, but you won't find me on the front page. It's not that kind of a glorified space. It's a .org. We're here and the spotlight shines on everybody. We believe education must be transformational, not just informational. Too much of that already out there. So we don't cater to everybody. We cater to people that are nine out of 10 and looking to grow even higher in their life, personally and professionally. Our team of instructors is over 190 and climbing at this moment. So we're from all over in so many disciplines, just ready to share their magic and give back. Wow. Sounds amazing. Very exciting. Definitely people go check this out because not only is it, um, well, it's very practical. And I love because sometimes people talk about, you know, you just need to do this. And it's like, well, how do I get there? You know, mm. how, what is this without the, the actual nuts and bolts of it? And it sounds like you've very much broken it down for people and the way that they can digest it. So thank you. Thank you, Kristen. Thank you. Yeah, very cool. So thank you for being here. And listeners, thank you for showing up for yourselves. And until next time, go out and remember that you do hold the power to change and transform your world. Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz today. 